0: It says I can have today. I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, my ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It is never void of power. And so as I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God and the anointing that comes only from Him to step up to feed the people of God. Lord, I declare in Jesus' name that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable to you. I declare for signs, miracles and wonders to follow our lives as we hear your word as your word penetrates our hearts and most of all we can expect great things for our lives as a result of living by faith and so Lord I give you all the thanks and praise and the glory and honor for using your word to challenge us to correct us to encourage us In Jesus' name, everybody say, Amen. Amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Today, I want to talk about times of refreshing. Everybody say, times of refreshing. Because we are three-part beings, that means we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Sometimes we forget that the spiritual part of us is the part that in reality gives us the strength that we need. So many times when things may not be going how we would like for them to go, we seem to be depleted from energy or focus. And so what happens is we'll start looking on the outside instead of really paying attention on the inside. We'll say, well, I need some more sleep. How many can use some more sleep? I need some more sleep or I need to eat better. I need to maybe have some more vacation time or, you know, whatever it is. It it can go on and on. I need to exercise. But none of these things, even though they're not bad, but sometimes we don't understand that when we look on the outside, our shift or our thinking begins to rely on ourselves and not on God. And so what I want to do today is to help us see that if we will connect with God then there's a refreshing that will come into our lives so i'm going to give you two verses of scripture turn to acts chapter 3 verse 19 acts 319 acts 319 and then i want you to go over to the book of uh genesis chapter 3 verses 8 that was acts 319 and genesis chapter 3 verses 8 uh In Acts 3.19, I'm only going to read the first part of the verse, but this is what it says. It says, repent you, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Watch what he says here. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Notice it said that the times of refreshing will come, but it only comes from being in the presence of the Lord. Now, when you look up that word refreshing, it actually means a cooling. It means a recovery of breath or watch this. It means revival. Now, growing up, depending on what your, you know, your uh, spiritual upbringing was, Sometimes different types of churches will have what they call a week of revival. But based on this verse, you and I should be experiencing revival as long as we stay in God's presence. And so this morning, my goal is going to be to not only show you how to get into his presence, but to stay in his presence. Because if I, if I were you, I would always want to have a cooling. Notice it said a recovering of breath. Have you ever had to run from a dog? And you just knew that you was going to get bit. But somehow that extra wind kicked in. And you were able to jump over that gate. Refreshing, a cooling, a recovery of breath, a revival. And I believe this is what most people are missing today. Now, let me just point out there are two ways. Everybody say two ways. Everybody say two things. There are two things that keep us from God's presence or his face, because I'm going to show you today that the word presence in Acts 319 also translates to the word face. Now, in Genesis chapter three, verse eight, it said about this is Adam and Eve. Now, let me just explain what happened before we read the verse. Adam had told God had told Adam, Adam, you can eat from every tree that you want to. But this one tree is mine, don't touch it. It's just like tithing. God says you can keep all 90%, but this 1% is mine. Well, Adam decided, you know, him and his wife to violate that principle. And when they did, God told them, the day you do that, you're gonna, you're gonna die. Well, they ate the fruit and immediately they saw themselves as being naked. They didn't see that before. Okay, because uh, that's what happens when we sing. And and so what happened with uh, Adam and Eve, the moment they saw that they were naked, the Bible says they got some fig leaves and they covered themselves up. So now we see what happens in verse verse eight. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife. What did they do? They hid themselves from what? The presence of the Lord God among the trees. And so there are two things that keep us out of God's presence. The first one is sin. everybody say sin, and and the second one is self-reliance. Everybody say self-reliance. Now, I know we don't talk a whole lot about sin these days because nobody wants to feel guilty. But see, sin is sin. I mean, sin is just missing the mark. That's what it means. It means to miss the mark. Here's the wonderful thing. The difference between a believer and an unbeliever is this. An unbeliever is a sinner. A believer is just someone who sins. One is a state. One is just an act. The difference is if you're in the state of sin, which means you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, then that's all God sees. He just sees sin in your life. But when you are a believer, he doesn't see sin. He sees his son. And even though we may sin, he doesn't see us as unrighteous. He sees us. Watch this now. That just breaks your fellowship with God. It doesn't break your relationship at all. And that's why you can die. And people say, well, okay, so let me just throw this out. This is not in my notes. I don't know why I'm saying it. But, you know, you have people who have committed suicide that were Christians. And people say, well, they went to hell because they didn't get a chance to repent. No, it's no such thing. Listen, when you are born again into the family, you can't get unborn. And so when we sin, we just break fellowship with God, but we don't break our relationship with him. And let me just throw this out there for all of you theologians. There's only one sin in the Bible that's unpardonable, and that's blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, not suicide. Amen. Now, don't go kill yourself. Don't let the, Listen, I ain't letting the devil. If, if, if somebody's going to kill me, it's going to be the devil. I ain't killing myself. So just touch your neighbor and say, don't listen to the devil. Go on and tell him. So there are two things that, that keep us from God's presence, and that's sin. And that's why a lot of times when people get into things, they stop coming to church. They're in a relationship they know they shouldn't be in, and, and so they stop coming. And, and, and a lot of times when I'm talking, they'll feel like I'm talking to them, and I am talking to them. But it's not like I can see what it is. It's just that that's how the word works. But then the second one that we don't like to talk about a lot is self-reliance. And self-reliance happens when we stop depending on God and start depending on us. Now, listen, self-reliance starts when prayer stops. Write that down. Self-reliance starts... When prayer stops, in other words, prayer is our way of saying, God, we need you. We need your help. We need your your uh, uh, assistance. That's what prayer does. Prayer is our way of humbling ourselves before God. So the moment you and I stop praying, what we're saying is, God, I can handle it. And in many cases, as believers, meditation has been replaced by medication. I'm going to say that one again. In many cases, as believers, meditation has been replaced by medication. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking medication. My thing is, if you're going to take it, take it by faith. Amen. But sometimes we're trying to treat our stresses and anxiety in the natural when it can't be cured by anything but the supernatural. I know you're stressed out. You're taking a Xanax and it helps you go to sleep. Okay. But maybe if you would cast your care upon the Lord... And not go to sleep on that stuff. See, that's why it's good. Before you go to sleep, don't, don't just jump into bed. Just release all your cares on the Lord. And I believe many times you and I may be in his word, but we're not in his face. I'm going to say that again. As believers, because we know the read to read, we know that. But many times we might be in God's word, but we're not in his face. In Acts 3:19A, I'm gonna read it again. Notice he says, Repent, therefore, that's what it means. That's what that's why I said self-reliance and sin. He says, Repent. And when you and I do that, there are some times of refreshing that will come, watch this, from the presence of the Lord. When you look that word presence up, it also translates to the word face. And here's the thing, you cannot be in his presence and hear his voice. You can be in God's presence and hear his voice, but you can also, watch this, not necessarily be in his presence and hear his voice. Just like if I'm in the same room as you, you can see me and hear my voice, but you can also be uh, on a telephone with me and I'm in a different state. You can hear my voice, but you're not in my presence. And see, the thing is, a lot of us, we are, we are fellowshipping with God on the run. Amen. This word presence in Acts 319 in the New Testament is translated as the word face more times than it is translated as the word presence. And so watch this. The times of refreshing, cooling and revival comes as a result of seeking God's face. Now, seeking God's face is different from seeking God's hand. When we seek his hand, we're pursuing relief. We're, when we are seeking his face, we are looking for refreshing. One represents his power. One represents his presence. And I found even in the Old Testament, the word face and presence means the same thing. So here's the question. What happens in God's presence that causes that recovery of breath, that causes our lives to experience revival. Well, you can just write these things down because what I want to do, I want to show you that if you will take the time, and I'm going to show you how to do it at the, at the end of the, the, the sermon today. If you and I will take the time to spend time, and I'm not talking about having a devotion. Because having a devotion is just you maybe reading and praying And and it doesn't mean you spent some time in his face. It just means that you spent some time in in your little daily bread. And I'm not knocking daily devotions because you need to do something just to create a discipline. But sometimes the habit of doing a devotion outweighs who we are devoted to. So there are four things that happens when you and I get into God's presence. Here's the first one, long life. Everybody say long life. Long life. In Genesis 32, 30, there was a girl named Peniel. And it says, and Jacob called the name of that place Peniel. And he says, for I have seen God face to face or his presence. And watch what happened as a result of seeing God face to face. He says, my life is preserved. So long life can come with you spending time with God. People ask me, Pastor, why do you look, why do you, why you look like you're in your 30s? Or why do you look like you're in your early 40s? I'm 52. Well, part of it is, is I'm trying to spend some time, uh, uh, in His presence so I can keep looking good. <laughs> That'll help you a little bit. So long life, here's number two, salvation. Psalm 8019 says this, turn us again, O Lord, God of hosts, cause your face, there it is, cause your presence to shine and we shall be saved. As we spend time with God, salvation comes because when you're in his presence, God can give you strategies on what to do and what not to do. Listen, on, on that day, on September 9-11, God told some of his people to not go to work that day. Some of them listened and some of them didn't. So we have salvation. Here's number three, and that is direction. How many need some kind of direction in your life or have needed direction in your life? Well, in Exodus 13 21, it says, And the Lord went before them. The word before them is the word presence or the word face. And so it reads like this And the Lord's face or his presence by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in the pillar of the cloud. Or by fire, to give them light, watch this, to go by day and by night. In other words, God's presence by way of this pillar of cloud and this pillar of fire is what gave his people direction. And so sometimes when you and I need direction, instead of spending time with God, we spend time on the internet. And then here's the last one, which is joy. Psalm 1611 says this, you will show me the path of life in your presence, in your face, is fullness of joy. He's saying "When when you get in front of me, joy will get produced. See, now that way nobody can control my mood when I walk out of his presence. The reason why a lot of us are irritated with fools outside of us. Because sometimes that's just what they are. They just fools. Well, they irritate us because we didn't spend enough time in the presence to watch this, to get full of joy. He didn't say have joy, he said fullness of joy. Then when you full of joy, can't nothing else get in. Amen. So what can you and I do to experience the presence of God in our lives so that we can live a life that's full of revival and refreshing because some of you, you're tired and you think it's a physical thing. It's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. You, I know you're trying to eat better and that's good. I know you're trying to exercise and that's good. I know you're trying to, you know, uh uh just get yourself together that's all good but at the end of the day it's your spiritual man that only god renews every day so now let's go to matthew 17 we're going to stay right here the rest of the morning matthew 17 we're going to stay right here because i'm about to show you the things that you and i can do i'm going to give you some steps and so if you've never learned what it's like to have a daily devotion. I'm about to show you some steps and some principles in having some daily time with God. In Matthew chapter 17 verses 1, this is a good example of, uh, to me, of Jesus giving us ways or principles uh, in which staying in God's presence helps us. And in verse uh, 1, it says, well, I'm in verse 17. I think that's where I'm going to start. It says, and after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and he brought them into a high mountain. Here's the next word that I want you all to pay attention to, is apart. Everybody say apart. Now, Here's the first principle in spending time with God or getting in his presence or spending some time in his face. The first thing you have to do is you have to pull yourself apart. You have to find, watch this here, two principles. You need to set aside some time and set aside a place. Everybody say a time and a place. Now, listen, wherever you go and what time it is, make sure there are no distractions. Leave your phone. You say, well, pastor, my, my Bible is on the phone. Then go leave your phone and go get a real Bible. Because the Bible says this book of the law, not this phone of the law, this book of the law. Go, listen, because when you're reading the real Bible, you won't see any text messages coming through. You won't see any Facebook updates. You won't see any tweets coming. No, get you a real Bible. (laughs) Get you a real Bible. And if you can pick a consistent time to do this every day, that would be real helpful. Here is why, number one, you won't forget that time. Because, see, some of you all are flexibilities, people. You know, Well, I don't want to set a time. I just want to be free. Well, that's fine if you want to be free. But when you have somewhere uh, the time is consistent, you won't forget. That's number one. Number two, it becomes a priority. And then here's number three, it creates discipline. And some of y'all are, I just want a free flow. That's fine, but you go to work at the same time. So if you can go to work at the same time, you can spend some time and have an appointment with God every time. Because let me tell you something. If you don't have a consistent time, you're probably going to just be all over the place. All right. So first thing you want to do is that you want to uh, set aside some time and set aside a place. Because the Bible says they went up into a high mountain apart. Here's number two. The second thing you and I need to do is to be thankful to sing and make a joyful noise. In other words, when you get into God's presence... First thing, you're going to find a spot. Go to the bathroom. Lock it. Get up. Well, If you got to be at work at 7 and it takes you 30 minutes to get ready, and it takes you 30 minutes to get there, then you need to get up at 530. So, Pastor, I don't want to get up at 530. Do you want his face? Because, see, I want Revival. I don't want to be like that movie, The Walking Dead. Have y'all seen that one? I can't look at that kind of stuff. It's too scary. I, I'll have nightmares at night. Here's why I say the second thing to do is to be thankful, to sing and make a joyful noise. Psalm ninety-five two says this. Let us come before his presence, his face with thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise because some of us can't sing. He just said a joyful noise. He didn't say it had to be in tune. Make a joyful noise unto him, not a joyful note, a joyful noise, unto him with psalms. Psalm 100 verse 2 and 3 says this. Serve the Lord with gladness. Thank God when you are serving at your church, it didn't say serve the Lord with sadness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Watch what he says. Come before his presence with what? singing. it. You see, well, Pastor, I don't know what to sing. Dick, Put some Fred Hammond on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let the prayer begin. I mean, you in the bathroom, do your stuff. Get some help. I don't care whatever you sing. Whatever you sing. He didn't say what song it had to be. He said, make a joyful noise. Just get some help. I don't know what they're saying. You know how many gospel and Christian songs out there? So number two, you're going to be thankful, you're going to sing and you're going to make a joyful noise. Here's number three. You're going to confess anything that comes up in your heart that needs confessing. Because as you start singing and praising the Lord, you know, and then you just, you know, start praying, Lord, I bless you. If something comes up, That you need to let go of. Because hopefully you live a confessed life. You know what that means? You don't let sin pile up. You just live a confessed life. When you run the light. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. In Jesus' name. I have to say that with a whole (laughs) lot. I mean, I don't run them intentionally. But since they don't have those cameras no more. I'm not gonna waste my brake pads. I just asked the Lord to forgive me. Look both ways. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And watch this cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you confess your sins, you should never feel guilty after you're done guilt does not come from god it comes from the devil condemnation doesn't come from god it comes from the devil listen when god when you ask god to forgive you some from something the bible says he throws your sin into the sea of forgiveness he don't even remember it no more so if he don't remember it no more why should you amen, amen. now there are three things that will happen as a result. I'm going to finish giving you the steps, but I want to just plug this in. There are three things that will happen as a result of being in God's presence. Because, And the reason I'm plugging this in right here is because it happened in this text in Matthew uh, uh, chapter 17. Here are the three things up front. This, In other words, this is a result of us being in God's presence. Three things will happen. Number one, transformation. Number two, conversation. And number three, revelation. Everybody say transformation, Transformation. Conversation. conversation, revelation. All right, let's look now in verse two. I believe that is. It says, and Jesus was transfigured. He was changed. He was transformed before them. Wow. How, what happened to Jesus? He came before God's presence. The Bible says he became transfigured or transformed, and his face, there it is, did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then Peter answered and said, Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you will, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elias. Uh, Exodus 34, 35, let me just throw this in there because it says, And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that word face means presence of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face began to shine. In other words, here's my point. When you and I spend some time in his presence, it changes us. The Bible says we are tra- changed or transformed into his image from glory to glory. Listen, if you just want to look better, spend some time with God. I'm going to say that on this side. If you just want to look better, you ought to spend some time with God. See, some of you all have a problem with how you look. Maybe it's because you're looking at the wrong face. Spend some time with God. And some things will happen that you don't anticipate. And in this situation, God's presence came and it transformed Jesus' appearance, and I'm about to say something to you that some of you all are struggling with. You're struggling to change. You're trying to change yourself, trying to change this habit, trying to change this, I got to change this, I got to change. And you know why you're having a hard time changing? Because you're trying to change from the outside in. We were never designed to change from the outside in. We were designed to change from the inside out. And so watch this. When we spend time in his presence, notice it said Jesus was transfigured. He was changed. He was transformed. And so all the issues that you're having with yourself, if you just spend enough time in God's presence, he will change you instead of you trying to change you. So just take yourself off the hook. Just take yourself off the hook. It ain't your job to change you anyway. If you could change yourself, you wouldn't even need God. That's why I tell people, just put the word in, put the word in. I don't care what you're involved in, come to church. I don't care what you're involved in, come to church. I don't care what you're involved in, come to church. Because when you come, the word will come out. And that word, when it gets inside of you, eventually, it's like Drano, you put enough in. Here's the second thing that happens, conversations. Look at verse 5. It says, while Jesus yet spoke behold a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice out of the cloud said this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased hear him and when the disciples heard it they fell on their faces and were so afraid and jesus came and touched them and says arise be not afraid notice now and then he says and when they had lifted up their eyes they saw no man notice that conversation started taking place when the presence of God showed up, when you and I spend some time, if we just just take some time, you say, Pastor, I don't have a lot of time. See, that's the problem. See, most of us, we're pursuing money. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting money, but here's the problem. People say, well, time is money. No, 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 I beg the difference Time is not money. See, because here's the problem. Time, you can't get no more of money you can. You lose some money, you can work and get some more. You lose some time, it's gone forever. While they were spending time in the presence, conversations started taking place. I'll never forget years ago, I say years ago. Years ago, uh, I used to stay with this lady named Miss Johnson. And uh, I moved from Texas to Ohio and some friends of my parents... Uh, as actually it was Chris Bosch's mom said hey uh, Miss Johnson's down there and he can stay with her until he you know saves some money to go get his own place but when I got to Miss Johnson's house you know she was probably in her I don't know 70s but Miss Johnson cooked for me Miss Johnson washed my clothes Miss Johnson cleaned my bathroom and stuff I never left Miss Johnson's house <laughs> I had friends like man why you ain't living in your own place I said man I'm having a good time over here I got somebody washing my clothes, fixing my food. I said, "You can have your own place. I got mine right here." Miss <laughs> Johnson is my roommate. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Conversation took place, and in Miss Johnson's house, my room—I don't know how big it was, but I, you know—but in it, it had a, a table and a chair, and that's where I would study the word. And I'll never forget one day I'm. Uh, I would wake up in the middle of the night because, see, if you put enough of the word in you, life will come out of you. Right. So I couldn't even sleep a whole night. I'd, I'd wake up and so I got up and I started reading and, uh, and then I started praying. And that was, that was one of the times where God spoke to me and told me he wanted me to be in ministry. It was in his presence that I heard something I normally not would have heard. I'm wondering what God is trying to tell you that you're not still long enough for him to tell you. Everybody say conversation. Conversation. Here's the last one. Revelation. Now look in verse 9. It says, And they came down from the mountain. Jesus charged them saying, Hey, tell the vision to no man. In other words, they saw something everybody else didn't see. Revelation took place. He says, And until the Son of Man be risen from again to the dead, that's when you can say something. Verse 10. And his disciples asked him saying, Why then say the scribes that Elias must come? Watch this. Uh, they stay, they started asking Jesus questions, and Jesus started giving them answers because, see, when you spend some time in God's presence, God will give you revelation about things that other people don't have. He'll give you revelation on your life that you need to walk your life out. If you, listen, if you need your purpose in life, why are you waiting on a man to tell you when you can get it from God himself? How many know he knows what he's called you to do? See, we all want shortcuts because, you know, we live in this microwave society. Amen. Amen. This morning I was warming up my coffee, right? Put it in the microwave. 30 seconds. Why is it that at 27 I had to take it out? What, what's three more seconds? But I, I want my coffee. I want my coffee. I want my coffee. Well, you want a word from God. That's why you're running here, running there, coming to this church, this meeting, this person, this prophet, this. uh, No, no, no. Why are you running to and fro to get a word when you can just get in his presence and get a word? I just gave you a word. There it is. Whoop, there it is. It was in God's presence that Moses received the Ten Commandments. Amen. And uh, there's a story in 1 Samuel chapter 5, verse 2. I'm not going to read it, but I'll just summarize it. The Philistines had stole the Ark of the Covenant. And so what they decided to do is put this, this false god named Dagon in front of the Ark. And so they put this, fake, this statue up of this false god in front of the Ark of God. They left, came back the next day. And this God, Dagon, was on its face on the ground. They were thinking, how did it fall like that? And so they picked it back up. And I'm going to read it now in verse 4. And when they arose early the next day. Behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face before the ark of the Lord, and the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Watch this. Only the stump of Dagon was left. Here is why. Because no problem you have in your life can stand in the presence of God. And see, some of us were burdened down with issues and problems, and if you'll just carry them in to the presence, The Bible says the heels melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Listen, if heels can melt like wax in God's presence, whatever problem you're going through can melt like wax. Amen. And that's why here's the third thing. Here's the third step. If you spend some time with God, I'm going back in there. Here's the third thing we ought to do is that we need to ask and make petition. In other words, after you get in his presence, you're singing and all that kind of stuff. You've set us out of time and a place and you start praising. And then if there's something that comes up in your heart, and you confess your sin. Then I'm saying now is the third thing is that you ask and petition. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. I love the living Bible. This is what it says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at the rest... As you trust in Christ Jesus. So you're going to petition God. You're going to ask God. And in the midst of that, here's the next one. You're going to thank God. Someone came down for prayer today and they needed some money to finish school. To close the semester out. And they have a month and a half to come up with it. I said, God has 45 days to get you that money. And I said, watch this? If he can separate the seas. In a matter of a minute, he can sure provide the money. I said, so let's say if I had that $1,700 on me right now and I gave it to you. I said, what would you say? What would you do? They said, I would say thank you. I said, well, that's what living by faith is like. See, we don't have to see it to believe it. See, once we believe it and I believe God's going to do it, then my next thing is to thank him for it. I say, so now your job is just to thank God. And so after you go in and you give God your petition and your request and you ask him for whatever it is, begin to thank him for it. You don't have to ask him more than one time. He don't have a hearing aid. He heard you the first time. (laughs) And then here's the last one as we close. The fourth thing we should do in God's presence is allow the Holy Spirit to To pray through you God's will for your life. Romans 8.26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities or our weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what's in the mind of the Spirit because he, the Spirit, makes intercession or prays for the saints. Watch this now. According to the will of God. When you allow the Spirit of God to pray through you, and I'm talking about tongues now. I know some of you all say, Pastor, I don't know about the speaking in tongues. Just go to the website. Type in the word tongues and you'll see a whole series come up and just listen to it. And 95% of the people who listen to that are speaking in tongues when they finish listening. Speaking in tongues takes now, watch this, takes control from you and puts now God in control. It allows the Spirit of God to pray for you about things that you can't pray for for yourself. Because see, there's only so much you can say in the natural. But when you begin to pray in the Spirit, the Bible says the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So now as I allow the Spirit of God. In other words, I'm saying you close out your time with God by just praying in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And you know what? I try to pray in the Spirit every opportunity I get. If I am by myself, nine times out of ten, most people who drive up next to me is, and they say, well, Pastor, you weren't, you weren't paying attention at all. You were just focused. Most of the time I'm just praying. Because I want to pray because the Bible says men should always pray and not faint. And while you're praying in the Spirit, two things are happening. God is strengthening you and then God is straightening some things out for you. And I believe God is wanting you and I. And I'm declaring Wednesday, prayer day, I'm declaring Wednesday as prayer day and fast day. See, some of y'all's flesh. I don't want to fast. You see, you, don't need, you need it. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to fast. No, no. Prayer, it ain't just prayer day now. It's prayer and fasting day. Now, if you're fasting and not praying, you're diving. That's all you're doing. Okay? Uh, prayer without fasting is diving. Or fasting without prayer is diving. So Wednesday, get on the phone, but then begin to pray. And I just know God's going to do something in your life. Did you receive the word today? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Edmund, I'm not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. (coughs) I'm not sure.